Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Ephesians 4, and we've been talking about this subject of together we can. And in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, and I want to uh, read that to you from the Amplified Bible, and it says, for because of him, because of Christ, the whole body, the church in all of its various parts. So we see he talks about the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the body of Christ in the location where you are, and he says in all of its various parts, all right, all of its different members. You know, when we think about members, we think of, of people. And that's true because uh, of the, the, the context of a gathering and the people are the members of that church. But when he talks about parts and members in the body, in the, body, in the Bible, excuse me, he's referring to body parts. That's why Paul said that you shouldn't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield them as members of righteousness unto God. So he's talking about your eyes, your ears, your hands, different parts of your body. So when he says the church in all of its various parts or all of its different members, and notice they are closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and the ligaments with which it is supplied. So you're the body of Christ, the local church, gets its supply through the joints and the ligaments that God provided it with. Amen. And then he goes on and says, by the joints and ligaments which is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all of its functions, it grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. So notice the church in all of its various parts. So I have to ask myself, what's my part? Now, nobody knows your part but God. All right, I don't, I don't know what your part is. I know that you can get involved and be a part. You don't have to have God tell you to do something. You can get involved and do something. But here's, here's the point. Your part might be to pray. Your part might be uh, on a service team. Your part might be preaching or teaching. Your part might be in the parking lot. Here's the thing. What is your part? If I know my part, I can get involved and become a blessing to the body. All right? This is so important. When each part, and notice, each part comes with power adapted to its need. Power adapted to its need. When I, when I was a boy growing up, uh, uh, well, I say I should, well, I was a young, young, young man, and uh, I worked in West Texas, of course, was raised in West Texas, and uh, uh, on ranch there, and we had uh, uh, wheat circles and corn circles, and, and you know, at different times of the year, you would have cattle out on those wheat circles or out on the corn circles. In, in the winter, you'd have them out on corn circles. Uh, in the, in the, 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 the late summer months, you'd have them out on wheat circles. Well, those wheat circles didn't have fences around them, so you had to build fence, and you built electric fence, 
and you had rebar stakes, and you'd go and, and about five or six foot stakes and drive them into the ground and, and, and then put an insulator on them. And that should tell you what kind of wire we're running. So it's got an insulator because it's electric wire, right? And you'd run that all, the, all around, and, and they would have a gate. And that gate had a, a plastic handle on it that insulated you and had a hook on this end. You'd hook the gate. The connection wasn't made till the gate was hooked. But the fence was not electrified until you put a battery and a charger on it. Are you following me? That was power adapted to the need. And if you ever wondered if that fence was hot, all you had to do is go grab the wire. I've been working on the other side of the gate, and I'd have the gate unhooked, and working on the other side of the gate, and somebody thought it was real funny to come hook the gate up. I found out there was power flowing. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I was working with one, one man. He's, he's gone today. I believe he's in heaven. And, and, and he was watching me work on, he was in the truck. You know, you know how that, that, that uh, supervisor work is. He was in the truck, and he was watching me. And, and it was a new kind of charger I'd never worked with before. And that thing kept, kept hitting me. Uh, and it just, it, it hit me. And he'd laugh, and it hit me. And he'd, and it, right? I found out there was power adapted to the need. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Each part, everybody say, each part, each part. has power adapted to its need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a flow of power for everything you do in the local church. Everything that we do together in the local church, there's a flow of power. Very often when we come to the, to the local church, we think about the worship being powerful and we think about the ministry being powerful. But there's a flow of power for every aspect, every part in the local church. There's one source of power, and notice it's adapted to whatever our part is. One source of power, the Holy Spirit, and, and he adapts that power to whatever the need is. Oh, glory to God. Amen. When we say bring your supply, that's what it's referring to. I bring my supply of power to the body. Amen. Now, every person's part is different. But every person's part is ordained by God. My part is different than your part, but my part and your part is ordained by God. People will come up to me and say, what does God want me to do? I don't have any idea. You have to find out from God what God wants you to do. I can give you an opportunity, but you either have to get involved or find your specific place. Amen. Every person's part is designed for two things, to strengthen and empower the local church, to strengthen and empower the local church. Amen. I, I've, I've heard people over the years, they'll talk about, well, my pastor, he's just not moving us in the direction we need to go, and he's not this, and he's not that, and she's not that. Brother Hagin said something about that years ago that so helped me. He said, no pastor, no teacher, no prophet, no five-fold ministry gift will take any church body further than they're willing to go. Amen. The, 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 the spiritual 
onus is on the head. It's there, right? We have to hear from God. But every, every part has something to do for the moving forward of that body. Amen. So every person's part is designed to strengthen and empower the local church body. Now, I know y'all know this, but just humor me. Amen? It's designed to strengthen and empower the local church body. Now, notice he said in verse 16, with power adapted to its needs, working properly in all of its functions, it grows to full maturity, building up itself in love. So notice when each part is working properly, what happens? The body grows to full maturity. Amen. In uh, Ephesians 4.11, a familiar verse, but notice, he said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Hallelujah. And he says, why? For the perfecting or the equipping of the saints, why do they need to be equipped for the work of the ministry? And what will happen when they're equipped for the work of the ministry? They will edify the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So these five offices, specifically these five offices, are men and women who have been anointed or called by God for a specific task and purpose in the body. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Hallelujah. And he says that they are there for the equipping of the saints. Now notice, the saints have the power adapted for their part. But for it to be working properly, they have to be equipped. All right? One translation says to prepare God's people for works of service. Hallelujah. The equipping of the saints. So I'm not just coming to church to hear a message. I'm coming to be equipped. For what? The work of the ministry. Amen. Coming to get my equipment for my job. For what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, they're equipped for the work of the ministry in that local body. They're equipped by the pastor, the five-fold ministry in that location to build up the body. So the five-fold ministries are for the people. The power adapted to every part is for the people. Everything in the local body is the people. All right, the people that are coming, the people that, are, that we're reaching, the people that are being touched by the ministry. Oh, hallelujah. The plan for each person's life is for the people. It's for the people. Whatever you do in the church is for the people. It's not about my ministry. It's that, right? I mean, we, I have a call of God on my life. We have things that God's asked us to do that, that we're responsible for. But every one of those things that God's asked us to do 
is about the people. It's not about me showing that I'm a great teacher. It's not about me showing how good I, my grasp on the scriptures. It's about the people. Everything is about the people. It's not how good can I sing. It's the people. It's not how good of a musician am I. It's the people. The people are coming to church, and they need to be led into the presence of God. So it's not about what I get to do, what I don't get to do. It's about I'm here to fulfill my part to help the people. That, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So whatever I do in the church is for the people. My love for the people can be determined by how I use my part where they're concerned. My love for the people can be determined by how I use my part where they're concerned. Glory to God. See, there would be no concern about positions if people were the focus. If people are the focus, the position doesn't matter. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you'll, you'll talk to some people and say, hey, you know, uh, would you be willing to get involved in this and do this? Well, I need to pray and ask the Lord what he said. I just found what he said. He said every person had power adapted to their part. Right? Well, hallelujah. Look, I, I, could, tell you, I could tell you like one pastor said. He, he, she went to somebody and said, uh, 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 you know, would you help us out here? And they said, well, let me pray and see what the Lord says. I'll tell you who it was, Pastor Nancy Dufresne. And she said, well, the Lord's speaking to you right now. He told me to come ask you. Well, that, yeah, right? Well, that's, that's not always the case. Listen, when you read, the, and we're going to get into this as we go on in this series. We'll be on this a while. He said, when you come to church as your part, that you should come and you should have a psalm, you should have a song, you should have a testimony. What? For what? For the edifying of the body of Christ. He says that those nine gifts of the Spirit should be flowing in the church, not just through the pastor, not just through the leadership, through the people sitting in the chair. Why? For the profit of all. So everybody can profit. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? What happens to a church is we hinder our ability to flow forward and to grow and to do more for God because we're expecting two or three people to do all the spiritual stuff. They got the power adapted to their needs, but I've got power that needs to be flowing into that body, and in order to get it flowing, i got to unlock it. I've got to get busy with what God asked me to do. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, my left arm's not concerned that my right arm might get more use. Right? Because if we talk about, you know, my, I don't know that my arms understand. I realize that there's a central hub, right, that directs it. But, you know, my right arm has never refused to lift because my left arm got more play. Right? They, they understand. You understand what, how I'm saying that? They understand it works better together. 
Have you ever lifted something with somebody that wouldn't lift? Either wouldn't lift or couldn't lift? I don't know. And, and you're there, and all the weight is on you. Right? And you're thinking, are they lifting? What? Well, yeah. Really? This is important. I say this is important. Because, because when, when we get to the place... That is just the body. What do the people need? What is going to help the church? What's going to help the body? See, my prayer should be, how can I help the people? How can I help the people? In whatever area I'm at. If, if I'm greeting, how can I help the people? If I'm ushering, how can I help the people? If I'm in the AV department, how can I help the people? If I'm, if I'm on the praise team, how can I help the people? It's the people, the people, the people, the people. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We, we don't need any more churches that are just at, about the ministry. We got to have churches that are about the people. Amen. Not just my way. This is what God called me to do. This is my ministry. It's about the people. It's about the people that are coming. I've I've told my staff for years, listen, guys, when nobody cares who gets the credit, we'll do great things for God. When when nobody cares who gets the credit, we'll do great things for God. Amen. Well, I'm here. I might as well say it. I've known pastors before. It was so easy for them to be intimidated because somebody else could preach good in their church. It bothered them. It intimidated them. And that was that person's part to help them and to help the body. And, And they would crimp that flow of supply off instead of teaching that person how to operate and how to do things. I know that there's, listen, I know there's people, if you gave them a job to disciple people, they'd start discipling people to themselves, and I understand that. That's a risk that you always take, but what are we supposed to do? There are gifts and callings in this body. There are gifts and callings in this church. We have no other choice but to help you grow that and mature that and get involved in the things of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I had a guy come up to me one time. Uh, a minister in our church had ministered when I was out of town. And he said, oh, you better be careful. You better not let him minister no more. I said, why? He said, oh, the people are going to like him more than you. <laughs> well, if they do, that's their problem. I mean, honestly, there might be ministers that you enjoy hearing more than me. I don't know how that would ever be possible. I, I don't know. But there might be. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What, what did the man say? Different strokes for different folks. Right? My daddy used to say chocolate for one, vanilla for the other. But here's the point. Ever what it is, you are bringing your supply to the local body. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. In Ephesians 4, 16, he talked about the body growing to full maturity. The Weiss Bible says, that this power, this, this operation of the power makes for increased growth of the body that results in the building up of itself in the sphere of love. So notice, love for the body. Operating in the power that's adapted for our part results in the building up of the body. 
in, in the sphere of love. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. And verse 4, he says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all or to profit all. Hallelujah. The Weiss Bible says it's given with a view to the profit of all. So the gifts of the Spirit are distributed for the profit of all, for every part of the body. We're going to get into this in in a moment. It's not the gifts of the Spirit that make one spiritual. Those gifts are given for the profit of of everybody in the church, all right? Whether it's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, it's all for the body. It's all for the body. God designed those nine gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit for the edifying of the body of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And, 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 and that's why, listen, that's why God will use people that are immature that want to bring their part in these gifts even though they're not as mature spiritually as somebody else. But they have to be taught this is for the body. This, this is not making you something. It's making the body better. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So they're distributed for the profit of all. So if God gives a person a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, it's for the profit of the body. Hallelujah. In verse 11 of the same chapter, notice all these work, that one and the self-same spirit, Dividing to every man severally as he will or as he desires. Dividing to each one separately as he desires. So these gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit as he desires for the profit of all. Notice again, the body's the focus, not the person, the body. He divides them as he desires. Now, this, this is important, as he desires. So your part in the body is as the Holy Spirit desires. I don't want to just up and change what he desires. I don't, I don't want to not be involved in what he desires. Hallelujah. See, th- this is important. Because it's for every part of the body. The body is the focus. The body's the focus. Why? Because Paul knows, the Holy Spirit knows, together there's things that can be done. Individually, they can't get done. 
Oh, hallelujah. In verse 18 of chapter 12, he says, Now God, now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased him. So all the members, all the different parts are there as it pleased God. So what I'm doing, what God has called me to do in the local church wasn't my own idea. It wasn't my imagination. It wasn't something I decided to do. God gave me that calling and set me there himself. Now, very often people say, God put the pastor there. God put the usher there. God put the greeter there. God put the drum player there. God put the children's worker there. Nobody's working in children's ministry just because they like kids. They're working back there because God put them there. Amen. No, nobody's ushering just because they wanted to usher. They're ushering because that's what God placed them there to do. It's important. Amen. Because if you don't find the value in what God has placed you in doing, you won't pursue it. You won't go after it the way that you should. you got to find the value in what God has done. And anything that it says God himself has placed, i got to find the value in that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I've had people talk to me before and say, well, I don't do much at my church. I, I mean, I only work in the parking lot. God put you in the parking lot. God put you there. God signed off on that and said, I want them parking cars to my glory. Amen. Amen. Well, how can God get any glory out of parking cars? He can get it because it's part of the helps ministry. He said in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, God has set some in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, evangelists, workers of miracles, pastors, helps, right in the middle of the five-fold ministry. He put helps there. It's not more important than the five-fold ministry. It doesn't have the impact on a person's spiritual life, but it's right there as important as anything else that the Holy Spirit placed in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So, yeah, he placed the five-fold gifts there, but he placed every other gift there. Let's look at that again. He placed them in the body as it pleased him. So what you're doing pleases God. Hallelujah. Now verse 27, notice, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. That would be the understood response. But covet or desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Hallelujah. So here's what we see. Everybody's part is not the same. 
But he says, notice, he says, be zealous or be constantly zealous after the greater spiritual gifts, yet I show you a more super excellent way. Oh, hallelujah. So we're to desire to operate in those gifts. But he says, there's a super excellent way I can walk in. Hallelujah. If, if, we, if we read that again, the Woos Bible, Weiss Bible, be constantly zealous after the greater spiritual gifts, and yet I point out a super excellent way. Well, what in the world could be more super excellent than operating in the gifts of healing or the working of miracles or the word of wisdom? What could be more super excellent than that? In other words, he's saying you should desire these gifts, but there's another way that benefits the body even greater than this. Hallelujah. Look at, look at let's just drop down. Chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. So notice he says, I can have tongues and interpretation of tongues. I can operate in the gift of prophecy, simple gift of prophecy. I can have the word of wisdom, understand all mysteries. I can have the word of knowledge, and I can have special faith. But I could remove one translation that says mountain after mountain. Oh, hallelujah. Notice, but have not love, I'm nothing. Hallelujah. One translation says, I'm useless. Now wait, hang on, to the body. I can operate in all these gifts, and if the body's not the focus, I'm useless to the body. It's the body. Hallelujah. So, so that gift of special faith, he says, that's for the body. And even though you operate in it and love's not the focus, it's not benefiting the body. So you're not in the more super excellent way. What I'm trying to get you to see is this is you, you, you may start off in a position, or that may be where you're at right now. You may know there's more that God has for you, but how are you affecting the body where you're at? If you're not willing to affect the body where you're at, you will never get to the place you think you could greater, greater, more, more greater affect the body. Because the call of God is narrowing with a, with a, with a, with a progressive goal. It's constantly progressing. Everybody is growing in the things of God. As you get closer to God, and the closer you get to God, the more you'll care about the people, the more you'll care about the body. As you get closer to the things of God, the more God can do through you, and the more God can do in you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why you should never say, well, I'm just this. 
or I'm just that. I'm just an usher. I'm just a greeter. I don't, nobody even sees me. I work back in the nursery and nobody ever even sees me. Yeah, but you're caring for God's children. You're caring for those babies. You're caring for the body. Somebody, one day when we all get to the other side and hear me, not too many days, we're all going to be up out of here. It's not very much longer, whether it's through the rapture of the church or us closing our eyes in physical death. It's not going to be long that we're going to be out of here. About five more minutes God time, and we're all going to be home in heaven worshiping around the throne. But there's going to be people that stand around that throne and have people come up to them and say, you touched my life when you were an usher at that church. You touched my life when I was you was a nursery worker at that church, and I was just a little child because you were willing to get involved and put your part out there for the good of the body. For the good of the body. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. See, the Holy Spirit's focus is the body. In other words, these gifts are not the proof of spiritual maturity. Good preaching is not the proof of spiritual maturity. I'm going to tell you what, good preachers are cheap. They're a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. And most of them know it. But to get, to get somebody that cares about the body, whole other story. Amen. Think, think about this for a moment. Oh, am I helping you? I've, 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 had, I've had ministers, and we haven't had, thankfully, I mean, we haven't had a lot of people come and go, but we have had some. I've had some good preachers come and stay with me for years and then decide they weren't getting enough play or things weren't going the way they thought it should go. And so then they'd just leave and go do their own thing. Well, what's that say about their love for the body? What's that say about how much they love that body? If you're going to preach here, you got to love the body. If you don't love this church and the body, we're not the place for you. This is not the place you want to get hooked up and manifest your grace gift because we're not here to blow you up, pump you up, stack you up. We're here for the body. I say we're here for the body. And if the Lord moves on Brother Larry and gives him something to say, we want him to say it for the good of the body. Amen. I was in Round Rock, Texas one time with pastor at a pastor's conference at Keith Butler's church. And Pastor and Bobby Andean and uh, Keith Butler were having a, uh, a uh, panel discussion. You know, you might learn something in that discussion. And they, they, Pastor, they started it off, and he started off the, the response. They said, pastors were asking, they said, uh, what do you do when people leave your church? Now, you know, that just boggles my mind, that my pastor had people leave his church. They left his church with him preaching. What? Are you a nut? Now, now that's my thought. You do whatever you want to with that. He's, he's, he's one of, if not my, well, he's not my favorite. My wife's my favorite, but he's right there. He said, well, now watch. He said, well, when somebody leaves the church, 
Watch. The people are hurt. The people are confused. The people don't know what's going on. And he said the person that left doesn't give any thought to the people. And the pastor's got to stay back and help the people. He said you don't have time to get frustrated at the person that left because you've got people you've got to take care of. See, over the years, people have thought, you know, I'm kind of uncaring. But somebody will come to me and say, well, you know, I think we're going to leave. I don't ever try to talk them out. God bless you. I love you. You got a good place to go? Because if you can leave, your focus is not on the body. Well, it got quiet. There's got to be people that are focused on the body. I can do without any, anything, but I can't do without people whose focus are the body. Amen. And so somebody will come, and they'll get entrenched in the church. And I'm not talking about going and doing something that God's called you to do and doing it the right way. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, we, have a, we have sort of a transient type of, of flow in, in our ministry in that we raise people up and send them out. That's what God's called us to do. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to understand. Somebody will come, they'll get entrenched in a body, and they'll get entrenched, and, and, and they'll be a part of it, and, they'll, and their roots will go down, and, and right, they'll have connections, and then they just decide, this is not where I belong anymore. What about the body? How would you feel if somebody just came and ripped your right arm off? How would your body feel? It wouldn't feel very good. So what do you try to do? You try to keep your arm out of those kind of positions. Why? It'll hurt your body. See, together we can. If, if God's called you to minister, if God's called you to preach, if God's called you to sing, and then God set you, he has set some in the body as it pleased him. And then he set you in this body. It's this body that God wants you to minister in and minister to. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. If, if, I, if I could give pastors advice, it would be this. Don't just put people up because they're talented. Don't put them up because they can preach. Make sure they're for the body. If they're not for the body, it won't hurt them to sit. You'll, you'll help your body with them sitting better than you will with them preaching. Because if they're sitting, they're not, they're not attaching to anybody. Yeah, but I don't want them to think I'm intimidated. It's the body. You're concerned about the body. I said, you're concerned about the body. You know, Liliana, at her school, they've been having what they call intruder drills. What they do if, if there's an intruder in their school. And she was excited about it because she said, my teacher said if somebody comes in our room it's not supposed to be there, we can throw stuff at them. Said, I asked her, could I throw the lamp? And she asked me, she was talking to me, and she said, Daddy, what would you do if somebody broke in our house? I said, I would hurt them. And she said, but Daddy, you're not supposed to hurt people. I said, I don't go around hurting people. I said, but if they break in my house to try to hurt you, I will hurt them. Why? Because they're my focus. She's my focus. See, the body's the focus. 
The body's the focus. Am I helping you with this? The body's the focus. And so somebody may not understand why they can't do this or they can't do that because the focus is not the body. When the focus becomes the body, it opens up possibilities of ministry. It opens up possibilities of power adapted to the need. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And, and here's what I found. People that are not concerned about the body, I've known a lot of good ministers. People that are not concerned about the body, they generally go off and don't do anything. Because that power that made them so great was not for them. It's for the body. You will preach your best message where God put you. You will sing your greatest song where God told you to be. You'll find your greatest fulfillment where God told you to be. And, you know, you may come to a local church, and you may have to maybe take some time to to heal or to get your bearings or whatever it is or to find your part. Well, then just sit there and let the love of God minister to you. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I got a part. I got something to do here. Am I helping you with this? Hmm. So the Holy Spirit's focus is the body. So these gifts are not proof of spiritual maturity or how spiritual maturity is measured. Look at uh, Galatians 6. Oh, hallelujah. That's, that's why you do the things you do. That's why you live right. That's why, because the focus is the body. The focus is the body. What about the body? Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? See, that's why it's important for leaders to be in church, because of the body. The body needs to see the people that are leading them in church. Hallelujah. Amen. And I've had leaders come, not here, but I've had leaders come to me and say, well, you know, why do you, uh, uh, they, they use the word demand. I don't know that I've ever demanded anything. But, you know, why, why do you require that we're in a certain amount of services? Because you signed up to lead. And if you signed up to lead, you got to be there leading. Well, I'm not preaching tonight. Yeah, but you're a leader. I say you're a leader. And so when people see a leader on the front row or the second row, the third row, wherever they sit, they realize that's important for me to be in church. It's in, right? It's, it's called discipleship. People aren't going to learn what they should do if somebody's not taking them to the side and saying this is what you should be doing. This is the steps that you need to be taking. Amen you got to have people that are willing to minister in the back of the parking lot to that young couple that's having trouble in their marriage. And they can say, look, guys, I've been where you've been, and let me tell you how God can fix this. Let me tell you how God can turn this around. Nobody saw me do it. Nobody heard me say it. But their lives were still impacted because I cared about the body. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Oh, amen. I saw a person one time that there's a, there a, a young girl that hadn't been saved too long in the Kansas location. We just baptized her not too long ago after she got born again, and she's got a lot of kids. And, uh, and one of them is just not very old. Uh, what Nehemiah, I guess he's two or three months old. We dedicated him not too long ago. And uh, he, boy, he was just being fussy one night, just being fussy in church. And, and, you know, she's like front row mafia. She comes right up front. And, uh, and, and she, you could tell she was upset, and, you know, she's, she's worried the baby's causing a problem. And, and we had an older Christian, an older lady in the church, saw that and just came up and took the baby and took the baby back to the back row and is working on the baby. And, and people say, well, why would she do that? Because she realized that new convert needs the Word, and she needs to stay in church. And if she's got to get up and leave, she's going to miss something. That she needs to hear. See, her, her focus is the body. Listen, I like to come to church and just take notes. When my pastor's ministering here or anybody, I'm on that front row and I'm zoned in. I, I don't know what's going on around me. I got my notebook out. I'm locked in. Feed me. Feed me. I've been feeding people. I've preached eight times already this week. Feed me. I love that. But there might be a time that you got to put your notebook down and go help somebody because you love the body. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that that's the proof of spirituality? That's the proof of spirituality. And so I advise pastors all the time, you're better off doing everything yourself until you find people whose focus is the body. And then you might get one whose focus is the body. See, I got one. I live with her, my wife. Her focus is the body. My focus is the body. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes, that does, right? That doesn't mean we're failure-free or failure-proof. But it means this, that we live a life that pleases God because we care about you. That's the key. I say that's the key. Don't you remember what Paul said? He said, I don't want to be in that number that brings, that brings shame to the cause of Christ. I had a young pastor in our fellowship. He called me the other day, and he said, Pastor, I got, I got this building that, that I'm going to go look at, and I, th and I think we can get it. He said, but the problem is the pastor that used to be there got into a bunch of uh, mess and, and some legal difficulties, and he said, I don't know if it'll be a blight on our ministry. But, but I tell you that story for a reason. Everybody in town knew that. Where was his care about the body? Where was his care about the body? You understand what I'm saying? Galatians 6, verse 1, am I helping you? See, together, together we can because you care about the person next to you. You care about the person next to you. You know, when I talk to people's family and I hug the necks of people's kids, I mean that. I care about them. 
Why? Because I grew up in the church. And I remember my heroes were the men and the women in the church. My heroes were not the guys playing ball. My heroes were the guys that showed up to church every Wednesday and showed up to church every Sunday. My heroes were those old deacons that you could hear praying for three blocks away from the church. And they might not have known everything that we know, but they knew how to pray. They knew how to touch God. They knew how to cry and weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice because they cared about the body and they'd work all day 8, 10, 12 hours and come in on Wednesday night and be dirty and be worked and have and have old clothes on from working all day but they always had a testimony about how good God was and if you needed to talk to them they'd pull you to the side and share the good news with you help you grow in the things of God amen What we need today is more families that say the body is the most important thing that there is in the earth right now. Amen. And we're going to get everybody involved. When you see somebody's children, don't act like they're a nuisance. Hug their neck. Pat them on the head. Pat them on the back. Let them and that family know we love you. We appreciate you. We need you here in this body. Hallelujah. 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 I can't tell you how many times Vernon Newman told me the story of walking to a certain church here in town. And he said he, he actually went in and he said, I just, I felt so out of place. And he said, I walked out of the church and I was walking out the parking lot. And he said, I just stopped. You know how Vernon was. He said, I just stopped and said, Lord, is there a place for me? Do you have a church for me? And he said he went home and turned on VTN, and there was Pastor Michelle. Said, you know, talking about our our television ministry. But then she said, and we've started a church in Little Rock at the La Quinta Inn down in Shackleford Crossing. The next Sunday, he was there before anybody else. Amen. And you know, Pastor Michelle, the next Sunday, she said he was there again before anybody else. And she said, hey, Brother Vernon. How, how would you like to uh, be the chair setter upper? Man, he got in on that. Now, how did he set up chairs? With a ruler. Amen. Just, just till recently, you could still see masking tape on the floor here where Vernon had set up the, the masking tape lines to set the chairs up. Amen. He would tell me over and over and over and over again, I'd lost my reason for living. I'd lost my purpose for life until I came to this church. Part of the body. Part of the body. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That's what makes somebody in their 80s want to go to school and do all that homework and do all that extra stuff. Why? Because I found something that I can be a part of. Everybody's not going to do that, but he found something that he could be a part of. Here's what I'm telling you. There might be lonely people in here today, people that don't have any family at home, people that aren't married. Maybe they lost their spouse. Maybe they went through a divorce. Maybe there's been a death. We don't know. Nobody knows. But take the time to shake a hand, hug a neck, pat them on the back. Let them know we're glad you're a part of this body. Why? Because we can't do it without you. We can't do it alone. 
We can't do it alone. We need everybody. We need everybody with all of their scars. We need everybody with all of their mistakes. We need everybody with all their failures. We need everybody with all their victories. We need your anointings. We need your graces. We need your ability to exonerate and to, to preach the word of God. We need everything that you are. We need your family, your wife, your children. We need everything that God's placed in your life because we're going somewhere, doing things for God, and together we can get there. Glory be to God. Amen. And the truth is, God might raise up some, and they might go plant a faith builder's church. But that's what we're here for. We're here to plant. We're here to cover Arkansas. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it body to body to body to body to body. Oh, glory to God. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. You know, soon we'll be having an a, a informational meeting about our life groups, home groups, however you want to say it. Pastor Ron, I know, has contacted some of you and going to contact some more of you. He, he and, and, and the Mazantes are helping us get that up and running. And, of course, Ralph and Teresa have had one for, what, years, ever since you've been here, and before that, of course, with the other church. But Ralph said something the other day when we were talking about life groups. And he said, my job as a life group leader is to facilitate the meeting. It's not to run the meeting. He said, my job is to ask the people, what are you getting out of what pastor's been teaching on? What are you getting out of what he's been ministering on? Now, that blesses me. Amen. Because he and Teresa are both ample teachers. They can teach the Word of God. But instead of getting in, in that setting and, and teaching, they're saying, let's find out what they're getting. Let's find out how they can project what they're doing. And what's that doing? That opens up the door for the body to grow and the body to be strengthened. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Did you find Galatians 6, verse 1? Brethren. Now notice he's writing to brethren. Sister in two. <laughs> That's a little humor, very little. If a man be overtaken in a fault. Now, this is so important because some people say, well, that means caught. It does, but when he uses the word overtaken, it means that this man did not get up that morning intending to fail. It overtook him. He fell into it. He slipped. It wasn't willful. He wasn't out there deciding, right? Amen. I was talking to a guy one time, and he told me that he had accidentally committed adultery. I said, how does one accidentally do that? Oops. Nope. You don't accidentally do that. This is talking about an unwillful failure. Now, I know there are people who say all sin is willful. I understand that. But what I'm saying is he did not get up and decide, I'm going to go sin today. I'm going to go blow it. He probably got up and had his prayer time, prayed in the Holy Ghost, studied the Word. But it says, if a man's overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual. Now, notice that. Notice that. Remember, we just read the gifts of the Spirit, and he said they were placed in the church as God wanted them, 
And then he said, you can operate in these gifts, but I show you a more super excellent way. And what did he say? He said, if you have the gift of tongues, interpretation, word of wisdom, all those gifts, and yet you don't have love for the body, you're useless. Why are you useless? Because those gifts are there for the body. If a man's overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore such a one. Now, Now notice, such a one. So that means there are times that somebody goes out and they willfully do what they did. They did it on purpose. It Right? What, what's the word? It was premeditated. Right? You wouldn't see the word restore there. You would see rebuke. Because he needs to understand what you did was wrong. You can't be premeditatingly doing this. But this guy was overtaken. He slipped. He tripped. He says, you restore them. Now, what's the word restore? Mend. And it carries the idea of mending a broken bone. Well, you know, if you're going to mend a broken bone, you got to very often reset it. I've had at least one, and I know how they got to do that. They set the bone. So, brother, listen, we're going to help you. I mean, we understand you didn't mean to do that, but nonetheless, it was not right. What is that? We're setting the bone. But then what are we going to do? We're going to wrap it, put a cast on it, help you. Is that right? Restore such a one how? In the spirit of meekness, in the spirit of humility. What's that mean? It's not, bless God, I'd never do that. That we know of. The way you respond to people's failures is how you can expect to be responded to. I don't have time to be high and mighty to anybody. Yeah, but do you know what he did? No, but we know what you did. I, 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 right? I was, I, was, I, was, I was counseling the guy one time, and he was sitting across the desk from me. He said, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. And I just leaned over and looked over at him and said, you don't know what I've done. Pastor, you've done things. Well, have you? I mean, I'm not asking you to tell it all. I'm just saying. Everybody's messed up, however big or or little you think it is. There's nobody sitting under the sound of my voice that hasn't lied. Nobody. Nobody. There's nobody sitting under the sound of my voice that hadn't thought a bad thought about somebody at some point in your life. You may not anymore, but you have. Amen. The Bible says that before we got saved, we were all guilty before God. Everybody was guilty before God. Everybody was a sinner. In the body, when we care about the body, we got to remember those things. People are going to miss the mark. People are going to fail. People are going to do, Lord, help me say this nicely, dumb things. That's just what's going to happen. You're going to have marriages where people are messing the thing up and you don't understand why can't they just get it. They're not getting it because they don't know how to get it. we got to restore them in a spirit of meekness. What? Considering yourself, lest you be tempted. What does that mean? Consider yourself because temptation's out there waiting on you too. And this is how I want to be restored. Am I helping you with this? So notice, 
He said, you that are spiritual. Now notice he didn't say, you that speak in tongues and have the interpretation of tongues. Or you that have the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. He said, if you're spiritual. Spirituality, I'm almost done, bear with me. Spirituality does, see, this is not, you don't overlook this. I don't overlook it in my own life, right? Ever how minor or, or large a person may think it is. You know, you may, you may be having a great day and somebody cuts you off or somebody steps on your toe or, or whatever and you get mad and you get upset. Well, you still failed. I still got in the flesh. So I may not come and tell you, boy, I got in the flesh today. But I, I need to restore myself, right? You that are spiritual. This is so important. Because, you know, we look across our churches on any given Sunday. We have different ethnicities. We have different of the two genders. There's only two. We have different genders, male and female. We have old and young, middle-aged. We have people in here today that are dealing with things we don't know about. We got people in here that have great victories that we don't know about. We got people, you're somewhere in the middle. You're just fine. You're, you, you're sitting there with a piece of cake, and you're doing good. Right? But if I love the body, then I'm going to meet every person where they're at. And I'm going to help them. That's why he said, if they're weeping, weep with them. If they're rejoicing, rejoice with them. I've had people say, well, I don't have anything to rejoice about. Yes, you do. They're rejoicing. Right? I was sitting at uh, Prophet Ford's ministry over Reality of the Gospel on Lou Drive. I was ministering there with him in the healing meetings. And he and his wife are such good friends to us. We just appreciate him. He's the only friend I've ever had that will go out of his way on my birthday and Christmas to show up with a gift for me. I didn't even know he knew when my birthday was. And, 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 he, and it wasn't some little something. It was, it was something nice, you know. I mean, he gave me my Christmas gift this past year. I'm like, yeah, I like that. But we were sitting there, and to say, to say that I was under pressure would be a vast understatement. We, I was sitting there in the front row, and the Lord had told me I was running that morning, and the Lord never said this to me before and has not said it since, but he said, tonight, I'm going to give you a specific word through Prophet 4. Okay. I've never had him say that before. Never said it. And I don't expect him to say it again. But I was sitting there, and he was ministering. Uh, I had ministered the previous night. He was ministering. And he made the statement. He, he said, Pastor Philip, he said, the Lord keeps talking to me about something. He said, there, there has come a distraction. And he said, it's causing a lot of pressure. And he said, the Lord is just telling me to tell you and he said, a certain amount of days, 
he said, uh, the distraction, he said, the pressure will lift. It was like three days, something like that. And then he said, in 90 days, the problem will be gone. Well, that's April 11th, all right? Well, here's my point. You know, he didn't have to say that. But he ministered to me. I'm in the body, and he ministered to me, and it made a big difference. You know, I knew God was going to take care of things, but how many know it's nice to hear God say, in three days and in 90 days? I like that. I don't get that all the time. But I say that to say this. As I was praying that out, the Lord said, that was something for you. And I said it Wednesday night too. But he said, you, you need to tell your churches that that is something that's for them. And to tell them every chance you get, April is going to be a very good month for you. April is going to be a very good month for you. Because I'm telling you, there are things you're expecting to change. And on or about the 11th of April, they're going to change. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that. I believe that.